This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Today we're going to be talking about motivational gifts. You don't have to stand today, but I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Verse 6 of Romans 12. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Father God, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today in Romans chapter 12 so that Jesus might be lifted up, so that Jesus might be glorified, so that we might see him and in seeing him we might believe on him and believing on him we might be saved. Won't everyone say amen? Amen. So today we're going to talk about uh, motivational gifts. I know that last week we talked about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Today we're going to talk about Romans chapter 12. And I read for you in verses 6 through 8 the gifts or motivational gifts that Paul lists as he writes to the Romans. The book of Romans is all about how the just shall live by faith or all about what it means to be righteous. And how the Lord Jesus is at the center of our righteousness. The two great doctrines of the book of Romans are justification and sanctification. Justification, how Jesus Christ has legally paid for our sin and delivered us from the heavenly courtroom. That we are no longer guilty. That he has declared us not guilty based upon his love and his grace. And then sanctification, that based upon that same uh, sacrifice, he has not only justified us, but he has sanctified us and is in the process of sanctifying us. Many people don't understand that principle that we are not only saved, but we are being saved at the same time. If you understand it, say amen. Amen. So these are the two great doctrines in about Romans chapter 1 to about Romans chapter 8. Then in Romans chapter 9, there is a shift because Paul thinks that these Romans are going to ask about the Jews. What is going to happen to the Jews? So in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, he unpacks what, it, what, what God's plan is for the Jews. And the Jews need to come to know Jesus the same way Gentiles do. Amen or oh me. But once you get to Romans chapter 12, from Romans chapter 12 to Romans chapter 16, what we have is practical theology. 
What we have is Paul is telling these Romans, this is how you live out the Christian life. This is how it, it, it is lived out in a practical sense. And so in Romans chapter 12, he starts off by talking about worship. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. So in practical Christianity, the first thing that we need to do when we become Christians is to start worshiping God. Amen or oh me. And then weeding out our, our worldly thinking, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the next thing you do after worship is you, you begin to address those worldly thoughts and those worldly feelings and those worldly attitudes. And you begin saying, Lord, I want you to transform my mind. The next few verses talk about humility and talk about us being one and a part of the body of Christ and how we are all linked together. And then in chapter, in verse 6, he transitions by talking about giftedness. I share that to share with you how important giftedness is in the body of Christ. And many of us don't feel like we have found our place in the body of Christ because we have not discovered our giftedness. Or we have not discovered our uniqueness and how we fit in. Some of us even get angry that everybody else isn't like us. And everybody else is angry that you are not like them. But God never designed it that way. He never did. He loves diversity. And let me share this in the very beginning of this so that you'll know where Jesus is in the, these gifts. Because it, is, it can be easy for us to talk about gifts devoid of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'll say initially, these individual gifts that are listed, these seven gifts are all found in Jesus. He is just gracious enough to give us one of them. Amen or oh me. So when you think about these gifts corporately, you think this is the person and the work of Jesus. And he has given me one of these gifts so that I can reflect his glory. Amen or oh me. So let's quickly go through the gifts. I'm going to read a, uh, uh, a quote by Charles Stanley, uh, the, the pastor emeritus, the First Baptist Church in Atlanta, a TV preacher, very well known. Charles Stanley says this in Romans 12, 6 through 8. A motivational gift is the underlying driving force that causes you to do the things that you do the way you do them. Some have referred to them as personality gifts. Some people are oriented to doing tasks and other people are oriented to speak in order to be fulfilled. And, and he goes on and talks about some of the other gifts as well. But what Charles Stanley says, and I rightly agree with him, is that some of these are often referred to as personality gifts. 
Many of us are aware, aware of some of the personality profile assessments that are out there. The Myers-Briggs test, or what is popular now with the young people is the Enneagram, where it determines what kind of person you are and your personality bent and what, what, what position and place uh, allows you to work most effectively. Some of us have done the DISC assessment, where we talk about being dominant or an influencer or being steady or being... Uh, uh, conscientious but these these gifts are, are or these assessments out in the world are just taking their 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 page right out of Romans chapter 12 when God gives us an idea of how each one of us is made dare I say he has given us a spiritual DNA and hopefully as I rush through the, the definitions of these gifts, I want to give you three things about the gifts. So let's rush through definitions. First of all, in the verse it says, uh, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. The gift of prophecy, this gift deals with truth telling. In a modified sense, believers exercise the gift of prophecy by either foretelling or mainly forthtelling. God's truth. Can I put it in a nutshell for you? This person, if they have this gift, uh, their highest value in life is to tell you the truth, whether it hurts your feelings or not. Anybody know somebody like that? They're not trying to hurt their fe your feelings. It's just that their personality gift is, their bent is to tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. It hurts. So this prophecy gift, if you know someone with the gift of prophecy and their bent is to tell you the truth about you or about a situation, about somebody else, without, regardless of whether or not it cuts you or hurts your feelings, it may be they're just exercising the gift of prophecy. The next is the gift of ministry or service. It says this, or ministry, use it in your ministering. Some, it's the gift of service. It is, it, it is obedience to the will of God through service to Him and others. This ministry emphasizes self-service, selfless service for the Lord, for the body of Christ, and society at large. This person is, if they come to your house and they see something is out of order, they want to clean it up for you. They see dirty dishes in your sink and they say, oh, let me get those for you. Or they see a need and you don't even have to ask them about the need. They're going to meet it because their natural bent is a gift of service. Or if there is an opportunity to serve, they're the first ones to volunteer. So that is the gift of ministry. It's a personality bent. Then the gift of teaching. This speaks to those who faithfully study and teach the Word of God to others. The teaching gift isn't limited to pastors. Through faithful teaching of the Word, the body is admonished and edified. Now, uh, I, I may not want to do this. He's not here, so I'm going to call out a name. You all know Reverend Ron has the gift of teaching off the charts. Amen? Amen. Or oh me. He not only wants to teach you the information, he wants to give you the background. He wants to give you the source. He wants to give you an illustration to support what he is teaching here. And normally, people who have the gift of teaching also love research and study. Yeah. They love it. 
Now you may see people up front, they may not have the gift of teaching, they may have the gift of exhortation, like the next one, but, but they don't like to do the study and the research, they just like to share words of encouragement. Amen? So this exhortation or encouragement is the gift associated with encouragement and building up of others. It is similar to the stirring the faint embers back to a flame. We all need to be built up through encouragement at times. Normally the person with the gift of exhortation or the gift of encouragement is always looking at the positive side of things. They, they, they lean toward being an optimist. Or if you come with a problem, you come with an issue, you come with a situation, they want you to leave encouraged and filled with faith. Amen or oh me? Anybody know somebody like that? You may live with one. Next, next, next time. Next one. After exhortation, it's the gift of giving. The gift is not hard to define. It means what it says. Those who are willing to give selflessly to the good, for the good of others. The person with the gift of, gift, of giving sees that there is a resource that is lacking. They immediately want to fulfill it. Anything that they have is yours. And if they discover that there is a lack of resources, they immediately want to give to it. They immediately want to say, I can take care of this. Because their mindset is, if there is a lacking and I can fill it, I'm going to fill it. Amen or oh me? Amen. Amen. The next one with, with, without, with giving is... It is leadership or administration, the gift of leadership or administration. If the body is to function as it should, it requires leadership. Those with this gift are challenged to rule with diligence, to influence and to guide others when needed for the good of the church and the glory of Christ our Lord. The person with this gift is like if you were at a family reunion. Raise your hand if you've been to a family reunion. Raise your hand if you've been involved in the planning of a family reunion. Uh, raise your hand if there was drama in the planning of your family reunion. Amen or oh me? Let me tell you why there was drama. There was drama in the planning of your family reunion because somebody in your family with the gift of leadership wasn't put in charge. And all they were doing was exercising their gift. They started organizing things because the person in charge wasn't organizing things. They started saying we ought to do this because the person in charge wasn't doing that. And the person with the gift of leadership has a gift of putting people in place, putting people in order, making organizations function well. Their highest value is we've got to get the job done and we've got to put people in place to get it done. And they, they do that without recognizing it may offend people, it may hurt people, because their highest value, their spiritual DNA is, the most important thing is, let's make this organism function well. Amen or oh me? Y'all know folks like that? I do too. Mercy is the next one. The gift of mercy is those with the gift uh, possess the ability to show compassion, mercy, and love to others in need. Often those gifted with mercy will feel compelled to visit the sick, visit the suffering, and visit the afflicted. Now, raise your hand if somebody close to you, maybe a friend or a family member, passed away. And then another friend of yours who had the gift of mercy found out that your friend passed away, and you saw... Man, 
they crying about this thing more than I am. They got to get, they just, oh, I'm so sorry. I just know how you feel. Oh, the loss is so great. I, oh, well. And they just cry and cry and cry because they can feel your feelings. They have the gift of mercy. Or you find yourself in trouble. Or you find yourself in a situation. They're going to grieve with you about it. And sometimes that feels really, really good. Because you want somebody to feel what you feel. Amen or oh me. So, now that we have the definition of the gifts. Now that we know what they are. I want to say three things to you about the gifts. Number one, I want to tell you that the gifts are a blessing. Your gift in particular is a blessing. Number two, your gift is a benefit to the body of Christ. And then number three, there's got to be a balance to your gift or else it'll lead you to trouble. Amen. So you know where we're going now? All right. Point number one is your gift is a blessing. Your gift is a blessing and your gift is not a curse. Look at verse 6 where it says, Having been gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. You see that word differing? It means that they're different. They are not the same and they function differently. Everybody is different and unique. How many know that your uniqueness is a blessing? How many know that your strengths and your weaknesses are blessings? How many know that your motivational gift is a blessing? And I could be talking to someone who thinks that their motivational gift or their personality type is not a blessing but a curse. Because you see that other people see differently than you and you think there's something wrong with you. No. Your gift is a blessing, not a curse. And some of us, I want to say, there are two gifts that run into big trouble. And, and, and it causes you to feel hurt, to feel alone, sometimes feel offended because people don't understand you. And that is the gift of prophecy and the gift of leadership. Those with the gift of prophecy, you don't understand why people get mad. All you were doing was telling the truth. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But your gift is a blessing. And then the gift of leadership. How many are, are work in management? Anybody work in management? Well, newsflash, everybody hates the manager. For two reasons. Number one, because you've got to hold them accountable. And number two, because they think they can do it better than you. And so that gift, as you're exercising that gift, you may offend people because you've got to hold them accountable. And people don't like to be held accountable. And you got to demonstrate tough love to them. Listen, I've been at this thing 25 years. I know that people go at the end of service to eat roast pasta for dinner on Sundays. Because everybody can pastor better than me. And when I hear about what people have said, it doesn't bother me because I said that's virtue of the position. You're going to get opinions. You're going to get, so the gift of prophecy and the gift of leadership are problem, problem, problematic. In that, people uh, get offended very, very easy. But not only that, their gifts are differing. That, that uh, the other thing about differing gifts is, and I want to say this clear, comparison of spiritual gifts is sin. You got yours. Don't covet somebody else's. Amen or oh me. Amen. 
The other thing I'd like to say about this is, at the end of that verse it says, according to the grace that is given to us. The grace given to us. God made you special. That is grace. God made you custom. That is grace. God made you original. That is grace. Psalm 139 says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. As soon as you got saved, God gave you a spiritual gifting like in 1 Corinthians. But he also gave you a spiritual personality type. And it is good. And we need to see that it is a blessing. And it is not a curse. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. amen. Point number two, not only is it a blessing, but it's a benefit. It's a benefit and not a liability. We did gifts assessment a number of years ago in this church, and there was a recurring gifts gift. It was the gifts, gift of ministry or service. And there were only a few with the gift of teaching or the gift of prophecy. There were only a few with the gift of giving. But the primary gift that kept going, coming up over and over again is number one, was the gift of ministry or helps. Well, what I'd like to say is that can become problematic because if other people have a different gift, those with the gift of ministry and helps can't understand them. Why are they operating that way? Why are they so mean? Why are they, why are they just, just racked up with emotion, with the gift of mercy? Why do they feel like they can just give and the situation will go away? And then the, the, the person with the, the ones that don't have that primary ministry or service health gift think, well, there's nothing I can do in that church because everybody is this way. No, maybe God has placed you here because you're different. Maybe God has placed you here because the church needs that particular gift. Maybe it's a benefit and not a liability to be different. Maybe we need you and somebody needs to tell you not only are you different, but you are blessed. Not only are you different, but you benefit the body. Amen or oh me. So your gift is a help to the body of Christ. Your gift is needed in the body of Christ. Your gift is necessary in the body of Christ. And let me say this parenthetically as we have church meetings about getting younger. And it's a word to our older saints. Allow our younger saints to do it different. Allow them to do it different. Because in this day and age, if we're going to reach people with the gospel, it's going to have to be a little bit different. Amen or on me? Amen. So number one, your gift is a blessing. Number two, your gift is a benefit. But I'm going to spend the bulk of my time now on your gift must be balanced. Your gift must be balanced. And a strength, in this case, a motivational gift, becomes a weakness. And our gifts need to be balanced. God shows us how in verses 9 through 15. How many know that a strength can become a weakness if it's not balanced. Reverend Ron, years ago at the, at the storefront, coined a phrase that I like to use. Now, I'll give him credit for, for it. We need to beware of the people that take truth and put that truth on steroids. Where it becomes a hyper-truth. Well, there's a problem if you take this personality gift and make it a hyper-gift. 
Or you take your gift and, and put it on steroids. And I think that the next few verses give balance to every gift. And I'm going to give you, go through them really, really quickly, and then we'll close. The first gift is the gift of prophecy. The balance is find, found in Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. That gift of prophecy, of truth-telling on steroids, that person believes, I abhor what is evil, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I have a righteousness gift. That's wrong. You're wrong. You, and you cling. He says, cling to what is good. But the very beginning is the balance where it says, let love be without hypocrisy. So the prophecy gift needs to be balanced with love. That's why God says in Ephesians chapter 4, speak the truth in in love. So it's a balance. So anybody you know with the prophecy gift that has offended you, that has, that has hurt your feelings or whatever, just have a conversation with you. I understand what you said, but you didn't say it in a very loving manner. And then y'all could fight afterwards. But anyway, the ministry gift, what's the balance of it? In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another. Be with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. One of the characteristics of those with the ministry gift or the service gift is that they want to do everything. And they don't give anybody else room to do everything. That this gift becomes where, man, I just want to exercise what God has called me to do. And whenever a need comes up, I can feel it. When in the body of Christ, there are a lot of people that may be more beneficial to the body if you allow someone else to serve. Notice what it says. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. No, you go ahead and do that. No, you go ahead. And do it. Oh, pastor wants this done. I can do it. But, but you're a new deacon. You do that. Or, or yeah, I, you know, I, I, I could serve in that capacity, but I want you to do that. The next one, teaching gift. Romans chapter 12, verse 11, it says, Not lagging in, in diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, this person with the teaching gift many times thinks that information solves all problems. Information. That, that let's just say you come with a counseling issue and they want to teach you a lesson about it. Or better yet, you're grieving and they want to give you a class on everything that they've learned about grief. Now, we love your teaching gift and there's a place for it. But when a person is grieving, they don't need a lesson. You know what they need? The Holy Spirit of God. They need the Holy Spirit to come alongside them. They need you to just be present with them. They need that. Notice what it says in verse rejoicing. I'm sorry. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in what? Spirit serving the Lord. One of the greatest blessings I've ever observed when a person was grieving was that somebody came over to their house and uh, visited them, did not say a word, but started cleaning their house. Or a person comes over and brings food. Or a person comes over and says, hey, I'm not going to say a whole lot. I'm not staying long, but I'd just like to pray for you. Can I hold hands with you and pray for you? Being fervent in spirit. Education doesn't solve everything. Don't use your gift of teaching as hyper teaching. Amen or omit? Amen. Amen. The next one is exhortation. Verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. 
you come to my office, you come with a problem, you come with a big problem, and I can't solve it, and I start trying to encourage you. Well, you may leave the office encouraged, but that doesn't solve your problem. So, people with the gift of encouragement and exhortation are just like the others. They think encouragement and exhortation is going to solve everything. Well, encouragement and ex exhortation will only get you so far. The balance is, what we want you to do is to rejoice in hope, give them hope, be patient in tribulation, but the last thing is, pray for them. Encourage it could be that you got to transfer that encouragement from you encouraging them to God encouraging them through the prayer that you pray and the Holy Spirit that is present. Amen or oh me? Is anybody out there? Giving. Giving the balance in, in, in Romans 12, 13, distributing to the needs of the saints. It says, given to hospitality. Giving can become very unrighteous when you give and just throw money at stuff. Or you make the person that you're giving to a charity case. Uh, I, I was told of a story of a group in Atlanta that would give away uh, uh, Christmas gifts. And they would knock on the doors of these homes. And they would come with big bags of, of gifts. And they'd be dressed up like Santa Claus. And what they discovered was, every time they came into the house, the man of the house would go in the back room and shut his door. And the reason that they found was, they were emasculating that black man who saw them bringing gifts to all of their kids, and he felt a certain kind of way because he couldn't provide. Well, they weren't given the hospitality. They didn't give it, uh, 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 anything about a relationship with that, those men. They had a meeting the next Christmas of all the men of the house, of the folks that they were giving to. And they came up with the idea, why don't you have a Christmas store where everything costs a couple of dollars? And then we can go and shop and give you and pay for the toys and we can bring them home. And we can give them to our kids. And we can experience the joy of giving. And that's what they did. Giving can be very ugly sometimes. But the balance is you get to know the people you're giving to. You love on the people you're giving to. You ask them questions about that, before, about what they need before you give. You make it a positive thing. Amen or oh me? Amen. Leadership's balance. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now there should be a real big laugh that goes there. Anybody in management can see that this is a balance because those in leadership get the wounds of being in leadership. You're battle tested from being in leadership. You get hurt in leadership and then you stop liking the people. You don't like the folk. You don't want to serve them. You feel justified in being angry with them and treating them as your servants. <laughs> but the balance is bless those who curse you. Bless and do not curse. You bless them. Love them anyhow. You just know your position comes with that. Lastly, the gift of mercy. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now you're going to weep anyway. But the balance is to rejoice with those who rejoice. In mercy, if you feel what they feel, then don't be a Debbie Downer all the time. Rejoice. Have joy. Be excited. Be happy. Sometimes. 
You don't always have to weep with those who weep. Use your gift to feel what they feel, even if it's joy. Amen or oh me. So number one, your gift is a blessing. Number two, your gift is a benefit to the body of Christ. But number three, we've got to balance our gifts. And I want to close with this. I told you early on that all these gifts are wrapped up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the greatest prophet that we have ever known. Jesus Christ is the greatest teacher that we have ever known. Jesus Christ is the greatest minister and servant that we have ever known. Jesus Christ is the greatest encourager and exhorter that we have ever known. Jesus Christ is the greatest leader that we have ever known. Jesus Christ ministers mercy upon us, but the great gift that Jesus Christ has ever given us is the gift of salvation. You see, gifts, talking about gifts, isn't just an addendum. Oh, we're going to talk about Jesus, and now we talk about gifts. No! Jesus gave us Himself. He is the greatest gift. And our salvation is the greatest gift that He has ever given. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you talk about the gifts... You talk about Jesus. When you talk about the greatest gift, you talk about Jesus. When you talk about how every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, we're talking about Jesus. And today, I want to ask you, I know that many of you have already given your life to Jesus. You're already saved. But do you enjoy the gift? Are you enjoying to gift the gift? A pastor friend said, while we were giving out gifts at this, this retreat, and the people in the retreat weren't taking the gifts back to their room. And he whispers over to me and says, Pastor Mike, is it really a gift if they don't want it? Some of us live like we don't really want Jesus. Some of us live like he's not a gift. Some of us live like he hadn't given us anything or we're unappreciative of the gifts that he has given us. If you have a gift, the Lord wants you to use it. If you have a gift, you need to know that it's a blessing. If you have a gift, you need to know that it's a benefit for the body of Christ. And if you have a gift, by all means, balance it. Ask the Lord, Lord, help me to live out this gift the way you want me to live it out. You are a gift to the body of Christ. But make sure you're enjoying the greatest gift. Let's pray. Father God, we love you today. We thank you today. We lift you on high today. We ask that you would be glorified as we not only view our gifts as a blessing, but we view our gifts as a benefit. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to balance our gifts. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to live them out in the body of Christ. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen? Amen. 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 And amen.